0: Welcome to Lat B, the only podcast that comes with a free bandit's bonus. Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 236. Here at Lat B, we had an eventful weekend. Over in Mexico, it was a little high in elevation. The judges were a little high. I don't know what they were on in Mexico, but it was something. Maybe some of the Mexican supplements we were talking about before. I
1: loved the Mexican judges.
0: I honestly thought they were on the right side, but there was so much controversy. It was a good segue. I wanted to roll with the punches. I, I just, was impressed. <laughs> I but honestly thought it was a good draw. We as can well. go
1: through the.
0: We are there. gonna go through it. Do try to do fifteen minute quick recap. Then we got you know a big Copenhagen card, thirteen bouts that we're gonna get into. But as we were saying, we gotta tell you about what happened in Mexico and oh the atrocities that ended up going down. The When we do the recaps,
1: we should do the top to the bottom. And
0: it started (laughs) off with a 15-second fight with Jeremy Stephens and Yair. It was the biggest headline. It was the biggest thing that ended up coming out. The night was already going to be controversial for other reasons, but the main event ended up coming through with a 15-second eye poke. Everybody's seen it. Everyone's talked about it. It was a rake across the face, which I would say is honestly worse if you ever had an eye poke. I've had a few of them. A rake across the face by far, because then it, who knows the scratches that were there. He had to. Herb Dean, we gotta give him credit. We like the shit on the black iguana a lot of times around here. And he did absolutely everything he could to save that fight, and he took charge. Showed us why we love the Black He Obama. was a friend
1: of the fan. I he agree. really was. He was, was like, amazing. he gets the whole five minutes
0: doc. Yeah, he told the doctor, like, yeah. his eye's passing him out. He, he, he has nothing. Give him five minutes. Bring in a towel. Like, he, give him any
1: If you thought p- that Jeremy Stevens faked it, you are not a fight fan. You have no idea. You need to go back and watch some Jeremy Stevens fights.
0: I totally agree. And that's pretty much all that needs to be said with that because he was... It's Jeremy Stevens of all fighters, isn't that... The bigger headlines has now been footage that has been dropped after the fight. Well, we got to talk about the exit. Jeremy Stevens getting called all sorts of names by T-City Ortega, who has a fight with Korean Zombie that was just dropped. And Kane Velasquez shouting at him from the crowd, egging on Jeremy Stevens to fight and or calling him an asshole. Some people are saying it was a gay slur. I speak Spanish. I thought they were calling him an asshole. So what do they call him? I think culero, which... They, thought they were saying puto. And also, I I could be wrong there. Both <laughs> of those, I feel like, are asshole. I be, feel like the other word... I'm not even going to say because I don't want to go there. <laughs> but the other words that I knew were there, maybe... I I'm just wrong, thought they the were calling him pussy,
1: but I didn't know.
0: Exactly. So, then there was footage after... Well, he got drowned in beers on the way out, which totally uncalled for Mexico City. It's not Shit. his fault. That's garbage. We don't like to see that from anyone. It's the first time I can think of that. I've really seen that other than, like, the first UFC, like, 30s when Art Davey used to own it. That was, again, when it was more on Indian reservations. So, little different. Well, not a little different, but we've grown a lot since then. Do you think UFC's going to go back to Mexico after something like
1: oh, that? Oh, yes. They go to Brazil <laughs> still. <laughs>
0: sure.
1: But has that ever happened in Brazil? Maybe I've never not seen that, but, you know, they chant, you're going to die. And, sure. you know, it's all part of the... Fun. I think uh, it, it was kind of a shame because it was a hard poke to see. We saw the rake of the lip, but it was a hard poke to see. I just, really, I just trust Jeremy Stevens. I just right. think he's the kind of guy. Run it back, but they got in a fight. Yeah, you were saying the sister uh, dropped footage. Yeah, your sister dropped footage of them.
0: and prior to the Jeremy lobby. Stevens coming out and saying, hey, there's video of me shoving him and him backing down and all this. There was a confrontation in the lobby, Yahir walked up, tried to say, hey dude, what's up with your eye? Jeremy Stevens thought he was being cordial. He wasn't. They got in a shoving match And a uh, Yahir doing the absolute worst in the, all of the situation the night before, and even with this, he was calling out Jeremy Stevens, saying that he didn't want to fight, that he was scared of him, and Again, it's Jeremy Stevens. He's saying, all right, let's do it again. And ear's now essentially sounding like he doesn't want the fight because he's like, it was yesterday. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight, like, it was yesterday. You should have been there. You should have fought. Which, Yahir all I got to say is look back at the Andre Feely fight. Because that changed after Andre Feely almost lost an eyeball. Then he got knocked out by a kick. But look, 30 seconds before that, Andre Feely had four minutes of freaking eye time because he was like... Oh, he poked me really hard. Yair does this, and it's the same as John Jones. You get one free one. He would still didn't get, wouldn't have got a point taken away, but that fight would have been changed, regardless for the rest of the five rounds. You're regardless. right. You're right regardless. about
1: all of it. It makes me not a fan of Yair, and that's I'll, a shame. I have to Run it totally back. Agree. Let's see this. Oh True. my gosh, it was one of the worst. Like, huh? oh,
0: <laughs> what happened? Brutal. Absolutely <laughs> we're brutal. We're well
1: about done. No, we're not. We, nothing.
0: So, <laughs> the crowd definitely let it show in there, hopefully.
1: I felt that way, too. I felt that I want to hate on the Mexican crowd so much. But I wouldn't have thrown stuff at...
0: Jeremy Smith. I would have
1: just... I would have punched my own self in the face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about... I would have him? been so... Ah! so I would have him. been
1: like, of course, Herb Dean. Right. That's all Herb
0: I Dean. <laughs> um, well, that's enough about that one. They got to wow. run it back... What the other fight we had the co made event, Grasso versus Sparza. We both had the underdog in Sparza coming through. She got two out of three rounds. It could have been a draw, some people were having. I thought Sparza easily won two. It may be a 10 8, but I thought what judge was right. One had a draw, majority decision. Carla Sparza walking out of that fight and getting a beer poured on her, she then cried to the media a little bit to an extent. And it was like, it really made me feel sad. where... All I got to say is I wish she would have taken her out and been like, hell, yeah, I got a free beer. Jeremy Stevens was like, I got some paces out of this. Like, he kind of took it the good way where she kind of was like, oh, she what was said, me?
1: I wish I had a shoe there so I could have done a shoey. Something, right? Yeah, Instead of just I know. Like, it is kind of bummy, though, and it would really, I think it might hurt my feelings, especially if I was a Mexican-American and in, in my home country or where I felt my parents were from or something. It might hurt my feelings.
0: But you got to know going into someone's hometown, you're going to be the person they don't like i
1: know but you probably have some romantic idea that you're gonna <laughs> win him over with the fight of True. the night literally the fight of the night great
0: point it wasn't a fun f- it was an amazing fight that third round as was hanging on by a thread so i could have seen a 10-8 round it
1: was a close, close close fight fight i i loved it and i thought asparza did enough in the first two rounds i mean it's the way it goes that them's the rules it's not who comes out the strongest at the end it's who wins the most rounds or true. who gets the most points afterwards, So
0: True, true. Then we had a controversial draw with Askar, the debut, and Askarov versus Brandon Moreno. I mean, this was a fun fight. It was all over the place. Kind of went the same as the co-main event, where the first two rounds I would have gave to Askarov. It could have been controversially a 10-8 for Moreno. Two judges saw it on a draw, so... I had I fight. wanted
1: to bitch about this fight, uh, but I had one round Askarov, one round Moreno. In the middle round, I actually was like, ooh, that, that round's too close to call. So I ended up just giving it, <laughs> splitting the score uh, evenly. So I actually had a draw, too. I wish I got something extra on verdict. Make sure you're following on verdict. Um, Definitely
0: agreed. And the actual interesting thing is there was a judge that gave it 30-27 for Moreno.
1: Huh. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that.
0: I wouldn't agree with that at all. It
1: was I think it was 29, 29 28, either yeah. way.
0: I agree. And even 28, 28, totally could see that. So good call. Then we had Irene Aldana coming in against a debut in fighter. We all know how that went. A decision. Then we had even Peterson coming through with a highlight finish, knocking out off of a counter. Martin Bravo. He was a dead man in there. He didn't need to follow up with those hammer fists, but The Fortis fighter turning it around. Steven Peterson going to town, wrecking the place. What did you think about that highlight finish?
1: Um, I thought he lost the entire fight, and I'm going to bet against him again going (laughs) forward.
0: Amazing. (laughs) I love it. even am surprised.
1: I wonder how many points he ended up with. Did he end up with a ton?
0: He did. He had like 109 somewhere in that range, so he was definitely worth it. On DraftKings, by the way, which that Stevenson fight, woo! I was about to be, I cashed, but man, was I going to cash higher if that fight would have went more than a 15 seconds, the main event. By the way, my That's draft team's been ruined. Absolutely ruined. So, at 35, we had Quinones coming in against Hachin. 10-8 potential first round. Quinonez was a local guy. We all kind of saw it coming, so not that big for the favorite to come through. Then we had Kyle Nelson, Devastating devastating Polo Reyes, finishing with elbows, standing TKO. This was a good p- call by the ref. Uh, Polo Reyes was just going to take a lot more damage there. I mean, Nelson pushed him right up against the cage, dropped elbows. Reyes moving down to 145. That didn't make a difference. Nelson looking like a monster in there. He had a tough first test, but Nelson looking like he's UFC caliber. Polo Reyes, it is time, my friend, to get out of here. I'm sorry. It's for your own good. I don't like seeing that. Not for my brethren. We need to, you know... Get back get in the train and do other stuff, but maybe you fighting isn't your thing anymore. Those punches are really affecting him all over. Anything you took away from that one? No. Angela Hill defeating the debuter that was on steroids. We told you everybody else talking about it after us. And Speaking Froda
1: anyone. Topman?
0: Anyone on everything, on more things than I ever seen in the other And fight. she shit the bed. <laughs> God, she shit the bed. So, didn't help. And in this fight, Coloradozzi didn't get much help as well. Or, uh, Andrea here. Andrea. Either way, she ended up getting vagina plasty on her forehead. It was a brutal finish. Round number three Angela Hill scoring all sorts of points on DraftKings. Had her on some cards. I should have had more exposure, but can't really trust it. It was a debut fighter. Again, she comes to America. I don't think. I love she the way Angela around.
1: Hill looked out there. I thought it Agreed. was her best. Uh, she kept at a distance. Point fought, stuck and run. She was getting through nicely. I, I was surprised at how well she did. So keep it going, girl, because she's. I would say she's probably the most active fighter in the UFC right now.
0: Uh, yeah, she's You'd definitely hard-pressed.
1: There might, There's people tied with her, probably, but I just... And someone's going to and be like, no, not even close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then we had Sergio Perez coming in against Tyson Nam. Decision. Everyone saw this. It was a minus 250 by the time it closed, maybe a little higher than that. But again, not worth it on the odds because you're really sweating this fight out. It turned into a striking bout. The crowd was booing, but that's Sergio Perez, baby Perez. M.O., that's what he does. He point fights, gets out of there. If the finish comes, it comes, but he ain't looking for it. So I'm still going to be hesitant, especially on DraftKings and or putting my money big on this young man. He has all the skills. He just doesn't have that killer instinct for me. Anything you took away from the debuter in Nam? No. Then we had Paul, the Bear Jew. Craig told you specifically this was going to be a dirty matchup, but still favoring, did I say, uh, the striking of Paul Craig? And it wasn't because he's got amazing striking. It's because that's what uh, Mahmuth in there brings to the table, and it's just scared striking. This could have been stopped earlier with the uppercut. I had a TKO. It ended up turning into a submission, and that's because Paul Craig just was like, oh, you're giving me your back after he landed an uppercut from hell landed, then like three or four left hooks on the side of the cage. Again, I was
1: surprised it wasn't called a, knockout. a TKO. It
0: right? Was bullshit. It was bullshit. That poor guy was going to take an extra beating for zero reason.
1: It was just for the betting lines. I, I, knockout must have been uh, too much for the bookies to handle. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, "Let him submit. Let him submit."
0: So it was absolutely crazy uh, that that didn't get stopped prior to but either way Craig coming through Rambo pick I had Craig come through on this one that was a new factor we had for DraftKings how did you end up liking the one card you got to play
1: um it was all right I have to actually I did okay on that card it was fine I am more just still aggravated because I had Stevens and Yair on cards and so it really wasn't great it wasn't great it could have been great it was so close so close and i didn't even say out loud the only thing that can't happen right now is for one of them to get poked in the eye and get all and your the, cash
0: and money, yeah. right like top one percent money
1: Woo. i was like the only thing that can't happen is the old cat zingano <laughs> <laughs> the old cat zingano and then it's like oh no that's exactly what happened. Ugh, a bummer. Brutal. And the other, the draws. I think for everybody, even the Askarov. Uh, I think that was not great for cards for everyone involved. It was weird.
0: Totally agreed. Then we go on to the bantamweights where Betchico, hey, uh, that bet yourself coming through, getting them hips shaking. Who is it, Ricky Martin? her wait, Shakira would be proud. Them hips don't lie. She was getting it going at the end of a three-round decision. I know, you
1: a picture of your bench there. Oh, I, you I told every you every time. down And like actually, them.
0: in the breakdown, it was like right at the end, we were like, hold on, Sarge is known to come in and just completely shit the bed. She 100% did it. She was dancing in the third round when she should if have been taking it down. If you didn't listen to that whole
1: breakdown and you just fast-forwarded to the next one, you missed out. Because we totally, we were like, Sarge, Sarge, Sarge. You know Let's back, back that
0: up. Bitch. This, bitch. this bitch is coming in against the number one bitch. And she got it done in there. I mean, it was a 10-8 potential first d- round. <laughs> oh. Woo. Woo. Doing that midnight studying. Doing that midnight studying already. Getting ready for the next one. Old bitch. How Old can you bitching. not
1: appreciate her at this point?
0: <laughs> I, ag- I, She actually... I went from liking out year to disliking our year And from disliking Betch to liking her after this performance. I agree.
1: agree. Here's something you thought you never saw.
0: (laughs) Wow, where we're at? 2019.
1: I mean, what?
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) So, it was all upside down. I was about to say, I got a shadow band. (laughs) We uh, ended up Betchy in here. I don't think I can't say I don't think she beats many other fighters because Sarge was a two, uh, two to one favorite and Got out work, but again that fight IQ being super low.
1: Roxanne Montefari of Betch. Betch. I think that's her next fight. Yeah, because she can that's keep fun. it.
0: She can keep it standing. So then that's the way that one went down. One of the bigger favorites of the underdogs of the night coming through with Betchy herself. Then the first one, we told you was low grade. This guy doesn't deserve to be in the UFC. Marco Mariano, Anderson Silva Light has zero ground game. We told you. Pueyles actually coming through on DraftKings, getting about 89 points, but he was high-priced, almost the most expensive, and it's not worth it because he's barely UFC caliber. The fact that he couldn't finish this low level of opponent in the situations he had him in is like, all right, Playless, uh, you're still on thin ice, buddy. Like, that was not good. Don't think that that win meant much because a lot of opponents are really going to be able to take it to you if you're expecting that. I don't like what I saw in that fight. Do you got anything no. With all
1: of that, I, as crazy as the night was, I did better than anyone I follow on Tapology. I did better than anyone I follow on a Verdict. And my DraftKings, I broke even, even with two fighters on some of the cards. With zeroes. It that cent- oh wait, go Yair got one point. So, it wasn't the worst as it could have been. So, I guess it was one of those nights that... Um, it just made me. It, it. I think the whole thing made me fall flat a little. It was a C. Uh,
0: I would say it was a D plus. I mean, the the fans getting out of control definitely affects the score of that because it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Because there is le casuals that expect this to be a regular and it's not. This isn't acceptable in our sport. Yeah. So I do not like it. You don't see this bullshit in tennis. I don't care who you are. So. <laughs> We did it. Two minutes over 15. Better than the 20 last time. We're getting there. Getting there. Getting it. Getting it. pushed through. We have a heavy duty 13 card bout. You know how we do around here. We always start from the bottom to the top. And it's going to be headlined with Jack Hermanson versus Cam Neer. We're going to get there. We're going to Denmark, Copenhagen. Is it Denmark? I think. <laughs> We starting off hot. Here I'll <laughs> <how that be. laughs> in the breakdown. 13 to go. It's going to start off with a debut fighter at 135 pounds, Jack Marshman versus returning Nolan Hernandez. Jack Shore is having all sorts of hype. The tank is coming in with a perfect 11-0 record, fighting out of Cage Warriors N- organization, being a champ out of there, being mainly a submission guy, really putting a lot of pressure on, getting it to the ground, having great Top uh, position and top hips. As we were saying, we're gonna. Speaking of hips, (laughs) we're gonna get there eventually. With this young man, he definitely likes to get it to the ground, but his striking does uh, still need some shoring up. (laughs) <laughs> so, he'll get better as he goes along. Against Hernandez, who came in short notice against Chito Vera, being 10-3, and 3, coming off of the, more of the American scene, he's well-rounded everywhere. Likes to keep it striking if he can on the ground. He shows a serviceable ground game, but he's not going to come out and submit you. Submission defenses look serviceable on the regional scenes, but we can't trust it. Low-level-ish MMA. Jack Shore being a debut, being such a hype job, he's getting a lot of praise here, being minus 175. I have Shore winning this submission. I think the hype's getting to me a little bit because I think Hernandez might be able to keep it striking longer than people are going to like. I can't pay $8,900 on DraftKings for sure against Hernandez, $7,300. We usually tell you guys to stay away from the first fight of the night. I'm going to go Decision right now. Sure, I could still see the submission out of uh, Shore here. What do you got for this one?
1: I think this is a big stay away like I always do. I'm going to put Shore Decision because I'm going to let the heaviness of the crowd sway me. But you know what I've been saying about this first fight of the night? Uh, if the he- if everyone's super heavy on one guy, the other guy's going to win. And that almost happened again last week and kind of should have happened too. Puelas, everybody was nervous for a minute. <laughs> there was time, so... Uh... Yeah, sure decision.
0: Agreed. Agreed. So interesting. We are gonna have, by the way, uh, a,
1: I'm gonna put short submission. I, I, the can, other guy was submitted.
0: I can teeter this on submission as well. Um Round but Hernandez stay was away. taken down from his other fights. Is stay away. What did I wanna say with this DraftKings option? Oh, the morning card, it's going to end up being 11 a.m. on the East Coast. Check your local listings as well. So this is going to be a midday card as far as here in the States. And
1: this card is fire.
0: This is actually super fire. This card is fire. I can't believe the next fight we have, how low it is on the fight card, because these are both such reputable gentlemen. I totally agree. unbelievable. We have Mark. The Bone Crusher, Die coming in against Lando, Groovy, Venata in here. This is unbelievable that this isn't the co-main event. Because this easily could take the co-main event. Yeah. I mean, this could be the headlining preliminary bout as this well. This could
1: be a headlining fight night. This could fight. start a pay-per-view. Yeah, I could totally be
0: on easy, the easy, yeah. easy be on a pay-per-view and even He's highly touted on here. This is such a fun fight with Vanata coming in. We know what he likes to do. Groovy keeps it standing. Has some D one wrestling credentials in there. Grew up wrestling in the states. Really had a good game plan. Um, does a lot of that spinning chip. Being ten and three in there. We've seen him off the ground as well. He throws up triangles. He's really active off of his back. He doesn't stay put, but he can't get hit, and he wears damage. He doesn't wear damage well. I feel like Groovy's always in brawls. He is getting the better of the, the exchanges, but he still, I feel like, swells potentially easily. It just doesn't matter the fight, whoever it is. And one of those fights was Tony Ferguson, so cut him a little slack. <laughs> I feel like
1: both these guys have not had an easy walkthrough in the U.S. I agree.
0: They've been put in against monsters, monsters, absolutely all of them. So it's really interesting. I mean, the last one being a softball for Venata, but he earned it coming in against t He definitely earned it in there. Um, all the spinning stuff in here, all the fun striking, though. You got to give the actual technical striking to Mark Dikesi. He is going to be more of the local cup fighting out of England He's coming off of a huge win to Joe Duffy in a decision, but that was a dismantling. Joe Duffy might have retired after that fight. No, he really took a step back, but Tai really, or Bone Crusher, really showing just amazing evolution ever since he went down to American Top Team. Once he realized, hey, I'm beating everyone at my gym. He turned it around in there, and we really have to uh, watch this young man because now his takedown defense is on point, and his cardio, which was his biggest issue, really got tightened up that last fight. He really proved it. So I think this turns into a really, really fun striking battle. But out of both of these, potentially Venata has the ground um, advantage here if he can get it there, but Venata's not really shooting too many takedowns in general. So I think this keeps striking. I have a coin flip. I don't think this should be as heavy as a favorite as uh, it is for DiCessi. I'm going Venata decision right now. I could see myself switching it just because out of both of them, one the one advantage is if Venata gets to the ground, even if he's off of his back, he might be the one that has the more likely to get a submission where Daikesi's just a striker with good takedown defense in my eyes. Give me Venata decision. Who do you have in this fight and why?
1: I, too, have been at a decision. I just think it's going to be a grimy split like he's always in. Uh, It's going to go close. There might even be some local people that are pissed off, even though I don't know if England and Denmark, I don't know how friendly, but it all seems like better than Landau Venata, um, in my opinion, as far as hometown advantage is concerned. But I don't think Landau should be the underdog here. This is a sneaky little uh, get Landau where you can, because anyone who knows anything about UFC, in my opinion, um, knows he's the better fighter here. I actually think he has such a better cardio advantage that he's going to wear... Dikesi out. I think he's figured out something of, you're right. He does take a lot of damage in his fights, but he's one of those guys that like takes one to give one. But when you look at the guys he's fighting, it's like, oh, they're slayers. Like, I, I think um, Hapcrast and Venata are kind of similar fighters. Um, guys that will get in Mark Kessi's face seem to shut him off, and Landau Venata will get in his face. Uh, I just think this is, I think it's m- mismatch. It should be still a close fight, but I think Landau should be the favorite here. But Interesting. Not a decision. Yeah. But he's going to be a low scorer, so it's not like I feel heavy about it unless he's a big, um, unless he's super cheap does it sway but you? But I've also Venata? never been a bone crusher fan.
0: I agree. We we've definitely tried to look over the bone crusher at times, but again, he's really uh, tightened up a lot of those inconsistencies. Orlando Venata does it sway you a little bit that he's actually lost two split decisions already in the UFC? So if you're if it's going to split and you're considering a split, he's, in my eyes, kinda of more prone to losing that. Uh maybe.
1: Uh that if he's I just, I think Mark Dykesi has been overrated since he entered the UFC, and he hasn't done anything like, yeah, he won his last fight, but uh, it was against Joe Duffy who hadn't won a fight since 2017. So, good. good you you beat an uh, aged old Joe Duffy. Uh, Landau Venata is a faster version. He's also, he's training with Cowboy right now, um, isn't he, out of the BMF Ranch. I know Lando and, uh, moves around and Felder, I think. Yep. I think all those guys train together. <sighs> I do like the American Top Team advantage right yep. now. Everybody knows it's the gym to be at. Uh, the, everybody that comes from that gym pretty much has good cardio, but uh, we saw somebody that couldn't stuff a takedown of recent come from that gym as well, so maybe.
0: <laughs> On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 8500 for the Bone Crusher against Venata's 7000 700 on DraftKings. We both have Venata here. He's obviously the DraftKings plate, but I think I got to mix it up here. I'm going to probably go like Venata 30%, Daikesi 20% because I do see finish potential in this fight. And I also can just see it turning into a respectable decision. Oh, we're going to have to wait to see weigh-ins. That is going to matter in these ones. That's going to be a coin flip. I think it should be minus 115. Minus 115. I'm surprised it's that much of a favorite. Moving on to 135 pounds, we have returning Macy San, the Tough House winner, against Lena Landsberg. Landsberg coming in off a 9-4 record, winning her last bout in a decision versus Tanya Evinger, also having fights in there against Gina Mazzani, Mizugaki in there, and other sorts of... Ladies, Aspen Lad losing a TKO, which doesn't look so bad. Was Lena the lady that just got her nose completely replastered her last fight?
1: Ha- Something happened because her plastic surgery, she's giving me them like Kate Beckinsale vibes. <laughs> it might have been she a got different a new look about her. Look at her pick. <laughs> she has like a
0: oh I agree she might have been she's I could' a Zeno there. warrior princess. <laughs> Lucy lawler yeah. in there but either way she likes to keep it striking we know what she does on the ground she's limited uh off of her back she doesn't have many anything there take down the fence isn't the best as well and actually she has I feel like a negative in her strike output where her defense isn't all that good and striking is what she does so in here I think that the UFC offered a bunch of fighters hey who wants to go to Denmark and travel and get on a plane and jason's like uh, who am I fighting? Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Like, I feel like this potentially might be a step down in competition. Honestly, in Landsberg, maybe I'm hating a little too much in here. Um, I just feel like Chieson's a better striker, has better clinch, where I think Lena Landsberg does her best work. And on the ground, On is years, years ahead of her on the ground. So I really don't see where Son isn't favored. I mean, give... It, every everybody sees it minus five hundred. Everybody sees it. She's outclassed ever. I got TKO round number one. I could move that to a submission, but it's because the strikes set up the submission a lot, like we saw in Mexico City with that Paul Craig. She has fight. some
1: nasty elbows. Yep. She does that uh, where she Cups we're the seeing head. everybody do it now. Where. Uh, they yeah, they touch their hand on the face just to line up where the elbow is going to be, and she does that really amazingly and moves her, uses her length to her advantage. Uh, this, as weird as it is, this is by far her hardest fight that she's had. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really, I'm saying it's a step down.
1: <laughs> um, from who, Marice?
0: More, yeah, I think Marice would beat Landsberg, I don't know, I
1: feel and like Aspen Lad really like and uh is a I little next level. Every,
0: Panini you know, she's, is legit.
1: And Kaya losing to her. Those are like the woman who won against Cyborg and the woman who won against uh, GDR. So uh-huh. it's not like too bad of like, compared to the people Macy's fought, it's like Lena's six degrees of separation from a certain champion. She's like one fight away from people that went and fought the champion where Macy's taken her rung up through... These other fighters. I think some of the people that Macy's beaten, Lena could beat as well. I think Macy should win this fight everywhere. I'm gonna say it's a KO round two elbow setup, but I think uh Lena, I don't know why she seems taller to me. Her reach shirt is not even close. Um she's she's gonna get picked apart everywhere. I do I like that Macy is better. I just think it's gonna be round two because Lena is a little bit better than those other fighters and macy's style doesn't usually tend she stands up in fights yep as long as she stands up and fights lena has a chance it's that ground game of lena that is such booty that um so i i just imagine macy first round stay on your feet pick her apart and lena's tough she'll just take a beating like a punching bag the whole fight and then the second round her coaches will say take her down it's set up and take her down and it'll unless she's going to do it right away because of the aspen fight i got Kie song ko round two
0: you're going to end up paying for the humongous favorite, 9400 on DraftKings for Macy Chieson against Lena Landsberg, 6800 I mean, you can't put Landsberg anywhere. This is going to be one of the most expensive fighters, but I feel really comfortable that this one is going to end up probably being on that over 100 points on DraftKings. Even yeah, if it goes into round number two, she's going to have... A- 25 strikes to zero in the first round.
1: Macy just throws the whole time. She's so aggressive, and she doesn't just throw punches, kicks, elbows. She gets in on the inside, and then, like you are saying, she's super deadly submission where I could see her just getting it over fast again. Because... You know what? I'm changing mind to round one for this reason. Macy seems smart enough fighter that if she can take full advantage in there to have the round one finish and take the minimal amount of damage, um, she's going to because it's the end of the year. And those fight cards that are around the corner, Madison Square Gardens, Boston, December. D.C. Everybody's in now, December. Everybody wants on the Washington, D.C. card, the Boston card, the uh, Madison Square Garden card. They want to be on Nate. PPDs. And they want, yes, exactly. And she's somebody that it's like in the 135 division, Lena's the gatekeeper. <laughs> so it's like, all right, Macy, it's time for a pay-per-view. I don't know who they'd set her up with, but it's just like set her up, put her on a prelim, give her a Well, good she's got to get through this can, one first. <laughs> yeah, so I'm moving it to round one.
0: All right, so heavily owned on draftings if you can afford her, We're going to end up finding other spots to be able to get that revenue but I feel like if we've learned anything as of late on DraftKings is leaving money on the board usually ends up paying off. So Chie San is going to end up spending a little more of that cash. But moving on to 145 pounds, we have debut in... Oh, I I shouldn't have read his name. It is uh, Gia Jija Kizakzan versus Brandon Davis. What's his damn name? <laughs> Giga? Read it. Giga. She... It's Giga. Okay. It is Giga. I just read it. He's seven and two. She, He's... Uh, Shikadze. Yeah. <laughs> Giga. It is Giga against Brandon Davis. The debuting that fighter... That one gotcha. you. you is... know,
1: like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the seven and two fighter comes in with a glory accolades being uh over in like the 30 type... Uh, fights as far as kickboxing, so I ended up catching a a bunch of tape on him, striking, throws a good left body kicks, finished a lot of opponents with that liver body shot. He was actually known for it in his glory kickboxing days. He leaves his hands down, especially going into the second and third round, has great head movement with all of those glory credentials and stuff, but one of the fights he did have where he lost on the Contender Series was via submission, and it's because if he... Does get taken down. He has deficiencies on the ground. He's one of these strikers uh, like Mariano we had in Mexico City who's like, oh, my striking should be good enough. I'll need two different ways to stop a takedown. But when guys try three, four, and five ways to take you down, then they're like, oh, shit, now I can't get up off the ground. And they can't do much from there. So didn't really see much uh, with the local competition he had in there. He was submitting uh, people, finishing them, striking. But fairly low level, there was a couple... uh, plus records, but against Brandon Davis, who's been near 10 and 7 in the UFC, his record coming in against people like Zabit, getting Suliev stretched in there, losing as of late to Kang, getting a win in the UFC over Randy Costa. Brandon Davis is a American fighter coming out of the Alan Belcher scene. He has serviceable striking, likes to get an overall, has high output, really has a good gas tank. Um, Crazy that he gets down to 145. Good wrestling and good submissions on the ground, even submission defense. And that's the easiest and biggest avenue. The only thing is Brandon Davis only shoots one to two um, takedowns in his entire career. In his entire like five or six fights, he's only barely shot. But the last time he took somebody down, he was able to submit him. And hopefully he sees that deficiency here and takes him right down. I see it being one-sided if it gets to the ground. I got submission because I do trust Brandon Davis getting it to the ground potentially out of the two. I know Giga isn't. I know he's going to want to stay striking, and Davis isn't good enough to stay standing with him. I hope he doesn't, and if he doesn't, it should be quick work. should be submission round number one because, again, we just saw it earlier in the week. If you can't fight off of your back and you can't stand up, you're screwed. Brandon Davis... Submission round number one, who do you have in this fight and why? I got
1: Brandon Davis submission round one as well. Um, I even think he could get a knockout. I just think he's going to be better everywhere. When you look at the guy's record of the dude he's going against, he's fought guys that have a record of um, two in 32. (laughs) Dude, somebody, why didn't anyone take that guy aside and say this isn't for you? Like 100%. Two of thirty two I can't even get down with that. So you shouldn't even have that on here. Yeah, right. Um I think he lost to that guy.
0: No. No, he
1: won. No, he that was
0: that a that was a plus. Okay, I think it was guys. the only guy with the guy, a winning record. The only
1: guy with the winning record he lost to. Yep. So I think Brandon Davis takes this as well. Um I hope Brandon Davis doesn't try to throw with him. I'm gonna move it to round two just because I have very little faith in Killaby. But Brandon Davis, KO Brown two.
0: Wow, do you think it's a ground and pound KO? Or do you think he can do it striking?
1: Um, I think it'll be ground and pound.
0: Right. It has to get to the ground though.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna put submission.
0: Yeah, I get I'm...
1: But he's gonna get the submission by ground and pound. I think everywhere yep. on the ground he can kinda controls them. And yeah. people are like, Oh well Zabit, sub- beat, that's a little it's a beat, you guys. Zabit. But they, they're like, I was wondering with this, they're like, oh, we need a, somebody to lose a fight call him Brandon Davis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is he the local? He's a Georgian fighter, so Jordanian fighter, fighting out of Huntington Beach, Kings MMA. So maybe he's actually, that's actually legit competition if he's been fighting out of there. But they have a glory kickboxing team as well. So either way, Davis on DraftKings is the minus 150 favorite, 8,700 on DraftKings against debuting Giga's 7,500. I think that's a little steep as well, but we both see a finish, so he can pay that off. He's going to have to. He has to finish to pay off 8,700, and if it turns into a striking battle, I think it turns into a sloppy, slow decision. I don't know. I'm going to have maybe 20%, 15% Davis on my cards. Very minimal exposure.
1: Agree, agree. I think there's so many better fights on
0: here. One of those might be at 170 pounds, where we have...
1: But I am going to have some exposure. I do agree with you. Yeah,
0: very minimal. As we were saying before, them hips don't lie, and they'll even blind a man. In Ismail Nardiev coming in against Zaire Zara. I can say that, <laughs> so... Don't look. <laughs> Nardiev, you know what he got. He's got what we all like. But it didn't come by through. Mother Zara's Uncle Fester looking ass. Woo, Stop staring at me. He is definitely a prince in there. Nardiev coming through as a humongous favorite, minus 400 against his previous fight Ren Counter, where here Cheney said, I've seen hips like that on a young man. I don't trust them. And I should have. <laughs> I should have listened. You knew what you were talking about. <laughs> so uh, that was in the back. She told me that. <laughs> I don't trust him. <laughs> you, you can't trust hips like that. So uh, Nardiev coming through and getting smoked, getting all rolled up. I mean, 10-8 rounds, essentially, just getting beat up all over um, Byron Counter, who looked humongous in there really getting out ground, but Nardiev showing some good striking, landed some humongous knees. I mean, the chin on Ren counter was unbelievable at times in there, but Nardiev showed that he had trouble getting up, and even though we like to think maybe he has amazing cardio, it got shown a little bit in that one, but I still really like the striking of Nardiev. I like a lot what I see. I just need to back off a little bit, take a breath. He's been fighting monsters. I mean, he didn't have it wasn't an easy fight in Rencounter and I think we're gonna see that later on as it goes on and against Zaire bader We know that this guy doesn't need to fight He likes to fight because he wants to He's set. he's a rich kid. He does not need it. He does it He goes to the PI breaks all sorts of records uh, the Afghan himself has the record for the fastest uh, it could be wrong now, but at the time he had the fastest uh, reaction time than anybody in there. He has a granite chin. I think it got surgically implanted because Melender tested it with everything. I mean, that could have been 10, eight rounds in there, Butters are hanging on in dear life. There was times he was eating uppercuts and knees where it's like, uh, he was bouncing off of the cage. And I feel like we're really just starting to see the 35 year old's age. He's always had good cardio because he grew up wrestling, but he likes to throw heavy, heavy bombs and has tons of power. Good wrestling. He uses it in reverse more than anything. Badra Zara doesn't like to go to the ground. And once he gets up in that third round, he just really throws from the hip and expects his chin to hold through. Especially coming off of that Melender loss in a decision eight months ago. I do like the time he took off. We like a lot of that because there ain't no way he didn't get CTE in that bullshit. So I like over six months of time. This is super close. I think that the line is off here completely. Minus 175 for Nardiev, especially after what we just saw, him being a minus 400. There's no way with the level of competition that Bartoszard has had. He's that type of grinder that'll make it a fucking grind of a fight. So I think Bartoszard is a live dog here. You know, my eyes can be tricked. So I'm still going. I'm just telling you the line's off. It should be a lot closer than it is. Give me Nardiev think it should be in that, like, minus 125 range. So, betting-wise, can't get it on RDF. Maybe I take a shot on the dog. I have an RDF decision. I think it's just a young man's sport now, and we finally saw our butterzara, But could get grimy, could get dirty, could get greasy.
1: I do think it's a young man's sport. I just think uh, Ishmael, we'll, we'll see him take the leaps and bounds when he gets over to a different camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think we're going to see a bit stunted. in Sayer is one of those guys that just uh, puts shuts people down. And I do like the time he took off. I think when we look back at the loss against Curtis Melinder, we'll be like, well, it was Curtis Melinder. And I, I think he did everything right in that fight. And he, uh, he progressed so much from his last fight and really uh, just stuck with Bada Zada Zara, and kind of uh, shut him down on what he was good at. And so I think uh, he's going to be better than Ishmael here. I do like the Austrian wonder boy. I'm gonna. I don't think he's a Sage Northcutt. I do think he's going to progress. I just that Jackson Wink. They put it together right. They watched his last fight. They had to have seen how awful that was. And uh, you're not gonna shut the great down with uh, just one or two crazy knees in there. He's a very smart fighter. He has a high ring IQ, and I think he can finish this fight. I really don't want to see, I, I think easily, he way heavier hands and chance ring counter, so I think that it's going to be a dangerous game if Ishmael's going to try to take punches like he did in his last fight even, or any kind of the damage that he did. He just got manhandled. Yeah, it wasn't a good look, and I think that... Um, Sayar is one of those people that can do that to you as well. So, I'm going to have KO round
0: three. Give me the underdog. Woo, I like it. I like it. I'm saying the odds are in your favor by far because the further it gets spread apart, the better it is for you. The more money you're making on them plays. And on DraftKings, for the decided favor, you're going to end up playing 9,000 for Nardiev against Badra Zara, 7,200. I'm actually going to go in 20% Badrazara. 10% Nardiev.
1: What's Nardiev's point spread normally? It's average
0: 53 points is an average right get, now.
1: I can't go any. I might have one card with Nardiev. Maybe, That's what I'm saying. But otherwise, I might be like 40% Bada
0: That's where I'm, uh, I'm agreeing. He's I'm not going to be that yeah, uh, he's I, proven it he, yeah, time and time again. he's not a
1: guy that's going to get finished in round He's one. not going to
0: quit in there. He's not okay, going to quit I in just there. make
1: the bold <laughs> ass predict. Wouldn't it suck, though? I always say, wouldn't it suck if his karma relied on me? Like, somehow, like, something shitty I did. Like, I don't want to jinx it like
0: some girl in the
1: middle of somewhere
0: messed up that In Ohio, is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck for him. Totally agreed with that. But again, the line is off. The DraftKings line's off. Azara is definitely... <laughs> Gonna be the play there as far as that is concerned. Anything left with that one? No. Moving on to 185 pounds, we have Alessio DiCerico coming in against debuting Mahmoud Marduv. The Debuting fighters coming in with a 22-6 and record coming off of TKO wins over actually some quality opponents out of the Fight Night Warriors. Not quality, winning records, which is quality opponents compared to some of these schlubs we've seen earlier on the card. But definitely uh, showed some promise. Did, uh, what's his nickname? I'm going to get it. Mak in there? Against Mac. How would you pronounce that? The Uzbekistan fighters nickname.
1: Uh, Mach. Mach? Like,
0: you know, like, a, doesn't it seem like, like a big speed? Mach? <laughs> no, like a speed of a plane. Oh, like Mach 1? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Mach actually uh good wrestling. Use it, likes to use it in reverse. I believe he's an orthodox fighter. Has some RA takedowns on the ground. He has tons of uh. aggression. He moves forward a lot, and he's been able to really finish... A, even though they're plus record guys, they're low level. So he's just been able to stun guys and then rush them and knock them out with hammer fist. We haven't seen his gas hang too far. And when we have seen it go into, I think, a couple fights I saw go further on. He does definitely gas in that third round. There was a couple... Um, Br- Bronin was not a good fight in there for him. He went to the decision. He definitely starts to feel those arms. They get really low in there. DiCerico does have UFC level Experience in there being 12 and 3 in the UFC. The Italian fighter last lost to Kevin Holland in a decision, um, but has got wins over Cutie Fambose. Booty. He's
1: got his cutie booty on Di DiCiarico. <laughs>
0: you know what he
1: looks like to me? Tom Holland. Interesting. Even when ears. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. He still looks a little Spidey-verse. He's grown into it. Even though I know that's not the Spider-Man with Tom Holland.
0: Do you not? He ended up uh, debuting when he was like 25, 24 years old. Now had a few fights. One was split decision with uh, McLennan in there. So that'll tell you a lot about him. But DiCiricchio tends to be a wrestler who we saw get out-wrestled by Kevin Holland or just out-grappled. DiCiricchio, out of all of these Italian guys, I would say is probably the one with the... Uh, lowest fight IQ out of him. I mean, he will sit in guard, let guys from the bottom just kind of... He won't advance. If he gets for the takedown, he'll just settle into position a lot. Uh, Striking-wise, he's putting together two and three punch combinations better than he was before, but it's still nothing to write home about. He tends to like to grapple. And if he gets to the ground, I think he keeps it there. Mack is going to have a tough test on his hand. It's going to be the hardest one he's had before. And I actually... Think that DiCiricchio can turn this into a grimy fight. I got to give him the experience even though the other fighter has some level of competition. I see the wrestling actually being the advantage here for DiCiricchio. Give me a decision. I think it's going to be a dirty split. I'm going to probably end up staying away from it because I see this being a low score either way. I don't see a finish from either guy coming. If there was more likely a finish, it'd be for Mach, but can't trust it yet. Again... Give me a dirty split. Give me the underdog. That's the one I'm picking.
1: I think DeShirikyo could surprise you and KO this fight. I think he's a weird underdog right here. And there's a heavy favorite with this middleweight for a reason. He does seem like he has the right height. He seems like he has the right, uh, well, we don't see what his reach is here. Uh, Everything seems like it's in play. He's gone against the right guys. Gosh, are they are they fighting in the same scenes? Have they gone against the same fighters? This is so heavy. Like it's just kind of insane to me. I'm gonna stick with what I know. It proves to pay off. Give me D De decision. But I do respect the favoritism of. Muradov, and so I probably won't go too heavy on Alessio, but I also will not be bullied anymore by favorites or not favorites. I don't even care about that. So Dichirikio, stick with what I know.
0: Decision. You're going to end up paying for the debut fighter on DraftKings, the decided minus-165 favorite, mood Muderov, 8,600 against Alessio Dichirikio's seven. 7- thousand six hundred decided underdog we're both going with him as of now this is really close though I, I'm i not super confident in it um, but like, if you didn't yeah, see
1: how the any, lines, everybody right? else you, or the line at all you'd be like well obviously this is a
0: walkthrough like
1: <laughs> they're the new guy to the UFC
0: I don't know it's definitely, I'm going to have, I like what you said with DeChirico on DraftKings. I'm going to be, a, I'm going to get that 20% in there. Pretty much no, no mock in there at all. But it's not going to be heavy because he's a low scorer. And even as I'm saying, I think it's a one takedown per round. And that's the fight. And that's all she wrote. So that's not going to do anything for you. Out of the two, you got to play Moving on to 185 pounds, the preliminary a lot of headliner. tonight. A lot of 185ers definitely being uh, profiled here. At middleweight, we have Alan Akmas- Am- Amadowski versus John Phillips. Phillips coming in with a three-fight losing streak. This has got to be his walking papers if he doesn't get it done in here. The 21-9 fighter is a Welsh uh, out of the Wales, 34 years old. He definitely likes to keep it striking. Losing to competition like Jack, you're gonna say loser, because Ugh. his
1: name's the white Mike Tyson.
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> he's got. <gotten able, laughs> he can do that on the local scene. It's not come through. In the UFC, he definitely hits hard. Kevin Holland will say on the record, the hardest punch he's ever eaten in his life was John Phillips, even though he lost that bout. So Phillips, game crack in there, but he's one-dimensional. He likes to keep it striking on the ground. He doesn't pass guard if he somehow ends up on top. If he's on the bottom, he doesn't try to get up or out. He just hopes that the ref gets him up. So But he went to decision with Jack Marshman. <sighs> and <that>, go <laughs> look at that. That, was, that should have been... 8-8 eight, eight rounds for both of them, multiple times, where you're like, what? This is UFC sometimes? So, Alan Amadovsky ended up debuting short notice against Jutko. And being 8-1, it was his first loss, but it was his biggest step up in competition. Jutko being the top 15 guy in there. He has some Bellator fights in there. He has some other level competition. He can get it done mainly striking on the ground. He's serviceable. The Mondonian fighter has been out of American Top Team Rome. Um, likes to keep it striking. So, you know, Phillips isn't going to be shooting a takedown. If Amadaski was smart, he would try to take it down because he does have an advantage there. But I don't think he will. I think this turns into a striker's delight. But Phillips has more of... Ah, he makes grindier fights than I care to like for. And it's because he has a good chin where both guys kind of just gas out on each other. I got Amadovsky decision right now. I could see a finish maybe later on, but I can't trust this. I'm just trying to fade Marshman more than anything.
1: John Phillips.
0: Yeah. Or er, Sorry. <laughs> John <laughs> same, Phillips. Same, same. same. Yeah. I'm trying to fade him more than anything, uh, but I can't be that confident just because I'm fading someone that Amadovsky going to really do that good. But Judko would murder as well Phillips, so...
1: Just to make it a decision would you go huge?
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. It's the so best that's where thing things, either
1: of these guys have done
0: by far. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I wanted to say submission earlier. I'm gonna go decision. I don't know how heavy I'm gonna go on DK. Who do you have in this fight and why?
1: I also have uh, a Medovsky decision. I can't go heavy because I just don't know him yet, and I can't stick with what I know. But I do know I don't like John Phillips. I want nothing to do with John Phillips. I don't want John Phillips on one of my cards. I cannot believe he's the favorite right now.
0: I can't believe that this is the preliminary headliner. This is unreal. It must be purely
1: on where they're from. Macedonia and Wales. It's got to be Italy and Wales?
0: What the hell does that have anything to do with Copenhagen?
1: Maybe like in the area, like maybe a lot of people travel, like they're filling the auditorium with a bunch of local favorites or something. So interesting, though, on Dragons and SBG Ireland showing out tonight.
0: True, 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 true. On DraftKings, Zone, you're going to end up paying for the minus 110 near even underdog Amadovsky, Alan Amadovsky, eight thousand two hundred. Get him you can. He, he'll be the favorite by Showtime. I think so as well. Uh, Where
1: we see Connor at this fight.
0: Nope. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to leave the States. <laughs> Is he
1: in America right now?
0: I think I've seen... Oh, I don't know, honestly. I was just trying to make a bad joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, John Phillips, 8,000 on DraftKings. Again, no part of that. Imanovsky, maybe one or two. But again, probably just the big fat stay away for this preliminary one in general. Then we move on to the main card. If you're not following, at Zoltanite, at Baby, at LatB underscore M-M-A. you out.
1: Everywhere MMA is
0: sold. All of us, you know where you're going to get us. We're going to have our cards that break down where we put up our graphics, we put up our Rambo picks, we put up our split decisions, and even get a little bit of plus money puesta that comes out in the week. So yeah. be expecting those. It could change as the week goes on. I'd say, though, eight out, eight times out of ten, those don't change. What, the puesta or the... Uh, I would say un- the cards that we break down here compared to... Um, Later on, or what finally goes down by Fight Night?
1: I need to stop changing so much. Like, I always do better when I don't change from the show. And anytime that I sway away from what I say here, that's where it hurts me.
0: Unless something drastic,
1: like somebody misses weight weird or something I'll, like that. All I gotta I remember need to is stick Aspen Ladd, here.
0: Aspen Lad quivering on the. On the that
1: should have And that, not that,
0: just that. That's why?
1: GDR is a bad bitch, and I just had hate for <laughs> her. And I actually think she is a very scary woman for Amanda Nunes to be facing. And like I I'm... actually think the more I study GDR and the more fights I've gotten to see her in, like I gave her some unnecessary hate, and I would like to reel it back. GDR, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: She'll punch like, you after the bell. Yeah, she's so hard. Uh,
1: yeah, and I also even think <laughs> that's true. I even think Aspen Lad without a hard weight cut, GDR still beats her. And, hey, Aspen Lad, uh, over it. Over it.
0: Okay, we can go into (laughs) it. Do the main card. We end up having a 170-pound Can you imagine? Would you
1: stay up for all 170 fights if it was a
0: 170-pound card? uh, it would have to be a mega tournament and i would try (laughs) i'd probably i'd try doing segments i'd try to do it in segments but at 170 pounds the welterweights are going to start off the main card with alex oliveira coming in against nicholas dalby returning after a four fight winning streak he ended up last getting a draw uh in his fight but that was because both fighters
1: is a lot of fighters on this card that i don't give enough credit to in my top They're in my top 20 favorites. Cowboy Oliveira, one of those fighters. I just love him.
0: We're always a little biased with the Cowboy. We know that for sure. But the 17-3 and fighter, Dalby, was cut from the UFC. A lot of people didn't think it was just. I agree. He had way tougher fights now that you look back on them. Street fight winning streak, getting over depression. He has a good story. He's definitely going to be one of only two Danish fighters on the card. So he is going to be the local favorite here. People are coming out for him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the last reason he got a uh, the no contest was because him and his opponent fought so hard that they both bled so much on the mats that the referee had to stop it because of danger that they were going to slip and break a leg. That's how c- bloody it got in there. But Dolby likes to keep it striking. He has a win over <laughs> back early in his career. First guy to derail him. And this him his is my spell. face. How it looks. <laughs> it's just Darren tell. What? What, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So Dolby likes to keep it striking His wrestling has always been uh, defensive On the ground He can get you off of his back But he's not really submission savvy He doesn't go for it He'll again more sit in your guard So he likes to keep it striking And against Alex Oliveira You gotta be careful Because he'll poke you in the eye He'll kick you in the dick He'll fucking give you a wedgie He don't give a fuck He'll grab his own shorts which we'll is allowed? With your wife? <laughs> He'll drive off with a baby in his arms while he's drunk. He'll <laughs> oh, ride off on your horses. But uh, by the way, grabbing your own shorts is legal, grabbing your own gloves is legal. Bisping is ridiculous. So just throwing that out there. He made a big stink oh, about he's grabbing a short. You can grab your own shorts. That's always been okay. A free cost check. I feel like showed us that back in the day, so everybody knows that. <laughs> no, not everyone knows that, but I remembered being just like, "That's weird. You can do that. You can do it to your own gloves." Alex Oliveira might grab the opponent's shorts. That's how gangster this motherfucker he is. He might grab your dick. <laughs> so <laughs> Oliveira has been kicked out of many, many of gyms going back he to Brazil. He gets you pregnant. He might <laughs> get you pregnant. He definitely has the grappling the most advantage. Kids in the UFC. I don't... Him and John Jones. Him and John Jones. Close. Him and John Jones are pretty dang close. So... And I think even Bobby Green might be in there. One of them greens. So, either way, Oliveira on the ground has a distinct advantage. Against Gunny Nelson, it's not gonna work out so well, but that's what he does. But striking-wise really like Olivera's power. We just saw him get in a fight of the night here in Orlando four months ago against Mike Perry. That was a striker's delight. Olivera won't go to the ground if he doesn't need to, and he gets really wobbly in there, which I think can play against him specifically in this fight, because when we were watching it live after that first round, and we were at sea level. We know. We know what he's getting ready for. We know that Olivera used to train in America, but was again told that that you don't have to come back next time. Last time he went to Brazil, so he's definitely um, had cardio issues. But he he, uh, he he has iffy performances. He will beat a top fifteen guy and then lose to a uh, have a close fight with somebody not that much at level. But he tends to get into brawls in here. I was really jumping on that train. I really. I think Oliveira has a distinct advantage on the ground. But the more and more I think about it, being this local favorite, it has to be pretty much uh, you got to kill him in there. It's going to be hard for the local judges to go the other way. I'm going to go decision. I had a finish for Oliveira. But I think Dalby can actually uh, fight off all of the ground games. And if it stays striking, I think it turns into a decision type of a fight. Dalby has a granite chin as well in there. Give me decision Oliveira right now. I w- I did have decision or finish earlier submission but I think actually Dolby's going to be able to keep this where he wants it. Who do you have in this fight? And why?
1: Oliveira doctor stoppage round 3.
0: Woo, doctor stoppage. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Is if it You the-
1: cut easy, you know who will cut you? Alex Oliveira. He loves a bloody fight and he the only thing he'll stop fighting for is you saw the cut he took. That might be one of the worst cuts i ever still seen in the UFC. That'll be the only thing. He'll keep fighting, and he does do that wobbly thing, but it's almost like a play chicken to lure you in. Uh, he's crazy. He's completely unconventional. I don't even know how you train for him, and to me, this is a total, here's a guy that we haven't seen in a while, and now all of a sudden we're seeing him again, and he happens to be from this country. Eh. He has a weird face to me, like it's a little too <laughs> round. It doesn't look like a fighter. It doesn't wow. look like a fighter. Here it does, but that picture up there, it doesn't. Uh, I, j- I love Cowboy, so take it for what it is. It's a little biased. I like what you're saying about hometown. Um, as much as I have a Cowboy to finish this fight, I'll probably only put it on 20 to 30% of my cards, but I will not have Dolby anywhere.
0: I agree. I think he, even if Dolby were to win it, he'd be such a low scorer. It, that the likely finisher is going to be hanging. Yeah,
1: that is like ooh, a little bit of a red flag, it's, especially the quick signage, everything about it. And you, you, we all know Alex Oliveira will take a fight. How long are, did they both take this? Four long? months.
0: Oh, this fight was put together, I believe, like three to four weeks ago. See, so a little bit. Of, they've had a little bit of time to know, but still, still shorter. Overall. Don't bring your
1: wife to the stadium, Dolby, because Alex is I'll get it pregnant. You'll be getting
0: a little baby, coming out dancing, coming out dancing, coming out dancing. That's, out dancing. That's horrible. Uh, minus 190 favorite, Alex Olivera is going to end up being 8,800 on DraftKings against Dolby 7,400. I agree. I can't really put Dolby anywhere on here, and it's going to be limited 20% Oliveira, 30% Olivera. Because he is the likely to finish out of both of those fighters. Then we move on. Or who what do you think about the draft That's Thanks. good.
1: That's good.
0: Moving on to 205 pounds, we have returning Ovincent Seyprou OSP coming in against Mikkel Olianinshuk. Lord himself is a Polish fighter, being a decided favorite. 14-2. We've been on that bandwagon ever since he came in, finishing. All sorts of fighters. He got one overturned over Volante, but he finished them quick in there. I think they might have overturned it. Last beating Ag- Bagatinov and who was the other one? Or Antigulov. There was a big finish he just had recently as well. Round tree in a decision. But either way, Mikkel has shown great takedown defense. Amazing body work. John a Volante great pace. And Antigulov. And Antigulov. Uh, that TKO, the uppercut, the ground and pound, was set up by body shots by Mikel. If you go back to it, a lot like Luis Mocha, uh, Mikel's throwing in a variety where he's throwing in a kick, body shot, head strike, back to the body, and then going two body shots, to a kick, to a uppercut. His knees. Gorgeous Look striking. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous striking and clinch for Mikel in here. He's definitely had some showcase fights in here. But against the veteran like OSP, you always got to be a little tentative in there. John Jones went all five rounds with OSP. OSP has come in and got some marquee wins over Corey Anderson. Um, the
1: only time he tested clean.
0: OSP always has Not comes OSP, in with those. Not OSP,
1: obviously. John Jones.
0: <laughs> what well, it was super short notice, but either way, uh, OSP in there uh, likes to keep it striking on the ground. Super limited. He always has that explosive power, but gases dramatically after that first round, and always just looks very looping. But again, if he lands one of those crazy uppercuts or looping left hooks, he just throws so much weight in it with his athleticism um, that he will put your lots out. A lot like Todd Duffy, but in that same manner, OSP isn't scared to die by the sword. OSP's like, all right, I might land this left, but if I don't and you hit me with a right, I might go night-night. OSP's been dramatically finished many a times in his career as well, so... I think that this is more, though, of a studious approach. I don't think this is a flat-out brawl. Uh, Michelle Mikel in here has great strike defense, up in the 70% with over, like, 50% strike accuracy, which is crazy, um, but it's just because of the variety. He really freezes his opponents. On the ground, OSP's crafty. Hilvon flew Chokey in there, but Mikel's shown a serviceable ground game the little times we've seen it, so I do have Mikel... In a TKO, round number two, I think the body shots add up, and I think OSP specifically hates the body attack more than anything, especially because he wins. So as soon as people start landing shots, he just starts folding over, and I think it's a body shot, and then it's a left kick right on the kisser for OSP. I don't know why I see it that way. That's what I got. Give me round number two. Who do you have in this fight? I
1: like a little tie clench elbows again. I like Mikel as well. I think this is almost a setup fight. Um... Ole has. it's the it's the it will be the biggest name he adds to his list to let him start walking through some of these other people. I wonder how short of a notice this was because I think that, Olien well, husk should be fighting like a Dominic Reyes. I don't understand. I'm kind of confused by, um, I think it's a step backward at the 205 weight division. OSP is crafty, and he can knock you out all the way to the third. That's why I don't think it'll get there at all. I think Olien has is going to respect OSP for the first round and let his 24-year-old young computer, different model computer by 12 years, download GSP and... Take everything that he has to move forward, and then in the second round, very quickly, put an end into it. Give me Olianchikas, and right now I really see him as my linchpin. I trust him a lot.
0: I I trust him a lot as well. He is a minus two forty favorite on DraftKings. You're going to end up paying nine thousand one hundred against OSP's seven thousand one hundred plus. One eighty for the underdog. If
1: you've effed around with the Rambo a little bit, he's a little too expensive to make your Rambo pick. Um, and you'll see why there's a difference if you play with the DraftKings Kings and the Rambo pick and your Lynchpin going forward. Uh, but yeah, I do like him as a Lynchpin right now.
0: I agree. I agree. I think that he is somebody that I'm looking to have over that forty percent owned on my throwaway card. OSP's going to be gonna be one of those guys that I gotta throw on there because again, he has that flash potential against anybody in the UFC. That's the type of power he brings to it. But a game plan always, usually tends to work against OSP, and Mikel can definitely put one of those together. Moving on to 205 pounds, we had a profile fight, at least in my eyes, in Ian the Hook Kutalaba coming in, coming in against Khalil Roundtree. The Warhorse himself is coming in with an 8 3 record, lost. Against was it Tyson Pedro? No, Johnny Walker in there. I believe he lost to Pedro as well earlier. Uh, Decision over. It was turned over against Oleon But Malatree's biggest claim to fame has definitely been his striking tons of power. He's one of those guys that his cardio hasn't been the best. Tyson Pedro was able to exploit him in the main event on that tough house, and it just proved that Roundtree off of his back. Can't get up. He's worked on it since, but has moved over to Thailand. I believe it's Tiger Muay Thai Thailand that he went to, where he had his breakout performance against Eric, your boy Anders, where he beat him from pillar to post in there. I mean, that leg was eaten apart. Really liked the... Uh, it was one
1: of the fights that you could have seen a towel thrown in.
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. Khalil Roundtree, though, what he really showed in that is that he backed off a lot, conserved his gas tank, and used his striking technically, and didn't. He didn't get the finish, but he didn't put himself in a bad spot to get finished because he he was uh, mentally there. He's moved his whole life over there. Um, it's really an interesting fight here because Roundtree again has issues off. Of the ground and Ian Kutulaba, the hook, the green meanie himself in here, has come in as of late and proven that if he gets past that first round, he's pickings, he's a prime pickings for anybody in there. I mean, Kutulaba's rattled a f- few wins, being 15 and four, he likes to get it to the ground. Ground and pound is his best game. Striking Kutulaba has tons of power, but it's really, uh just a means to get to that takedown because Kutalaba almost closes his eyes at times and throws with power just because he's like, I'm going to get close enough to grab onto you. So if Khalil can get into the second round, once all that gas is burnt out, Kutulaba is a dying horse. He's somebody who just starts to trickle down dramatically. And that's why we bet Glover to Shara, just like we did against Krylov the same. We're like, these guys gas. Kutalaba still has not proven that he's gotten that under control. So I'm really torn in this fight because I like Roundtree, but if he gets to the ground, Kutalaba has a good enough ground game to land strong enough strikes or even submit Roundtree where we know he is susceptible. Give me Roundtree TKO round number two, but I want to say that the line's off here. I think that it's actually a little too favored for Roundtree, I think it should be pretty close to a pick. Maybe a minus one twenty-five. I'd be minus one twenty. I'd be more comfortable with Roundtree, um, but that's just how close of a fight I really, honestly see this fight. I don't see either guy being too sided of a favorite unless it starts to get in the later rounds. Then it's Roundtree. But good is live, super live that first round. Give me round number two, Roundtree.
1: Ah, uh, it's it's almost like strikers are the only people that ever give. Uh, Khalil Roundtree a hard time it, when mm-hmm. he goes in against any well Anders you know we love Eric your boy Anders but he isn't necessarily the guy with the most UFC uh, wrestling yeah credentials mm-hmm. and then going in it, like the people like Johnny Walker he's somebody high coming through the division and then going to the draw with Ole Incha because why was that again why was the draw
0: uh, I I, I think I think, I've been, I think it might have been a steroid pop for Olea and Chuck. Huh. But it was like a tainted supplement. It was like six months. And then
1: knocking out Paul Craig. Ian Kutalaba should be able to come up enough, but when you look at one of his losses, it it, it, it's Khalil Roundtree. The other thing, he has the worst cardio. You're like, who could have worse cardio than Khalil Roundtree? Oh, Ian Kutalaba. true. <laughs> uh, so I actually think Khalil Roundtree could have... Uh, Finish by the third round purely because Ian Kutalava completely gases and doesn't have any more left so it could just be where he covers up and takes enough punches that it gets stopped and then he sits there and tries to catch his breath. Give me tree. I think this could be a really as much as everything says this is one of the fights that we will not see go three rounds. I think I, I disagree. I feel like we totally could see this go three rounds and new- a boring decision, Cleo Roundtree. I'm going to put KO because I like everything he's put together of late. Ugh, but I, I can't go heavy on this. It I can't go nervous. heavy on this at all. It's a
0: nervous fight. I got, think you got to pick either one of these guys. I think they're both live for the submission. They're both live for the decision, as grossly as you're talking about. Because, again, both of these guys, at times, have proven to have bad gas tanks. Roundtree potentially tighten that up. On DraftKings, he is the s- minus-150 favorite, 8,400 oh, Against Kutalaba's 7,800, I think I'm going to go 10 and 10%. I think I, I'm going to expose myself to both of these guys. They both have avenues of winning. Um,
1: I agree with you. And, yeah. And just, but I, super but low. just, just could
0: to ruin your whole card. Right, exactly. Even or if you have night. the
1: winner, you might
0: have 42 points. <laughs> great, great point. So definitely uh, be cautious on that one. Then we're moving on. To a short notice replacement at 170 pounds with Gunner Nelson coming in against replacement Gilbert Gunner Burns. the body Nelson. Ooh. The Gunny is coming in with a 17-4-1 and and record. He's last coming in off of a loss to Leon Edwards' split decision. Prior to that, he beat Alex Oliveira by splitting him over on his face submission. But prior to that, losing to Ponzinibbio, as we told you here on the cast, just... Gunny Nelson, good striker on the ground. He was known to be one of those crafty crafty SBG guys. But I think people have really started to understand his craftiness and be able to get away from it. He does his best work on the top, does Gunny. But as we were saying before with earlier fights, Gunny's had gas tank issues. And I don't give a shit what you say. It proves it every single time. Going into that third round, Gunny doesn't look like the same guy. His karate style is very Very solid, especially in that first round. He comes in very well with his jab. Very Kugokushin, almost GSP-like, without the actual wrestling or takedowns. But once he's on the ground on top, I mean, Gunny is a hellion, and he's really started to show that his elbow game off top is starting to work. The only problem is that the replacement is Gilbert Burns, (laughs) the world champion black belt jiu-jitsu guy who has never had a... First in advance on him in the UFC in his over 13, 14 fights, no fighter has ever—he's been taken down, but nobody's ever passed his guard or got an advantageous position. That's how good he is off of his back, or on somebody's back, he'll choke you right out. We told you as of late that Gilbert Burns at 16 and three was going to come through as an underdog. We told you against the Lexi at 70 that he was going to have a better gas tank is striking being wild as it is was still going to be able to be serviceable and on the ground a lot of people don't want that smoke i think a lot of the same things play here on the ground i don't see gunny getting the advantage if anything i see gunny getting him to the ground and eventually burns reversing it in a way and being in the advantageous position and striking especially as this fight goes on burns has proven that he has better cardio and uh Better strike output, especially than Gunny. I actually like Burns for the late finish in this fight. I do think it's done with the hands because I think Gunny's going to be like, dang it, after the first two rounds, he's like, I can't beat this guy on the ground. All right, let's go try to finish him. And with those hands being super low at his hips by that third round, Gilbert Burns puts a three-punch combo, sends it home, and it's a wrap. Give me Gilbert Burns, round number three. TKO. Who do you have in this fight and why?
1: I like that. I have Gilbert Burns' uh, decision. I just think he stuffs anything Gunnar tries to attempt uh, takedown-wise. And I do think, as crazy as it sounds, Gunnar's going to try to take him down. Um, he's going to try to test his mettle in there against somebody of the caliber of Gilbert Burns. Um, Gilbert Burns is a definite dark horse in the division. I don't like this short-notice fight for Gunnar Nelson. I know he's a jiu-jitsu guy, but I think Gilbert Burns can keep this fight wherever he wants to, and he has the better hands. I do like what you're saying about the third-round finish. I just don't see Gilbert Burns being that type of guy, but because it is short notice, that could totally be the case as a gunner give up because of that cardio. I got Burns' decision. Maybe I would move it up. Uh, I think it's weird that this is near even. Like Get Gilbert Burns while you can, but anytime we see one of these Irish guys come out of SBG, we always see him get super tons of hype, so go with the underdog while you can. You
0: mean Icelandic.
1: Yeah, but isn't he fighting at a straight blast Gym uh, yeah, in Ireland? Yeah. yeah anytime yeah. we see one of these guys that's they still super just heavy, yeah, they always they always tend to end up with more clout um, line-wise than they name Yes. So and Gilbert
0: I, Burns doesn't get enough cred. I agree. I actually think on DraftKings he's going to be more owned than we think because a lot of people, the lines are starting to prove this where people are like, yeah, the ground advantage still goes to Burns where Gunny does his best to opt to work. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying $8,300 for Gober Burns. Gunnar Nelson's coming in at 7900 at the plus 105 underdog in this fight. He was initially the favorite. Right.
1: That's about right. I, I think agree. those are some lines I have to agree with.
0: I agree. I'm definitely going to be picking Burns out of the two and probably 0% Nelson, honestly. I don't even like his shots in a lot of other spots because decision, Gunny just doesn't have that type of output. So... What do you think you're going to do on DraftKings for that one?
1: Yeah, same. Gilbert Burns, probably. Uh, I could even see he could come my linchpin by the end of the night. Gunny could be that sneaky guy. I just haven't seen him progress anywhere. He's like kind of stunted, where I surprisingly have seen a 33 year old Gilbert Burns get better in his last few. So ever since the Alvin Mercier, I just feel like he's well, getting, and, getting better. And, and, he moved better, up to and 170.
0: better. Yeah, I love it. I love it. On to the co event, we have. A debuting fighter coming in against a fighter who's only fought once in the UFC. This is the reason why the debuting fighter, being a silver medalist in this 2016 Olympics. One of
1: these guys I feel like Roman. I could yell, like, if I were a high school bully, I would yell across the... Uh, Lawn or whatever and I'd say, "Hey, Belardo!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would seem have thought, like a put down. I would have say, "Dildo Belardo." <laughs> <laughs> but Danilo is definitely the B-side of this bout. He's only had one fight and lost it to Hoyle Alvarez. The 12-4 fighters fighting out of Italy, he, I had him picked against Joel Alvarez. Alvarez picking him apart with elbows in a fight he was controversially uh, winning for two rounds. Berlardo... Wants to get it to the ground. That's what he ideally does best is being on top. Striking, very rudimentary striking in here. And the A-side, Mark O. Madsen, not the basketball player, ends up, again, having those Olympic credentials, having perfect 8-0 record being from Denmark. He is a local favorite. The interesting thing with this card is that the namesake, as far as the locals, are all coming to see Madsen in here. They don't care about the main event because they don't consider him local. Here, the local media, Madsen has uh, been a staple. Wrestling's a big deal over in Denmark, apparently. Greco-Roman. And he just had a bout against a boxer. The reason he fought an 0 O fighter as of late and won was because he fought a boxer who had never fought MMA in MMA and he submitted him. So it was essentially Conor Floyd, but in MMA or no, better. Sorry that I even said that. James Tony Randy Couture, exactly the same. So that a little pumped up, but either way, the silver medalist in Greco Roman actually didn't
1: he forego? Just I heard too. Um, his ch- he does he forewent his chances at the Olympics this time around the uh, UFC.
0: Hopefully so. Honestly. Um, I don't know what he gets paid, but he is actually, I still believe, taking some some kind of a pay cut as far as sponsors compared to where he's at now because of the UFC and everything. But, again, he wants to show his grit at 35 years old. I liked what I saw on tape from the wrestler to an extent. Um, he is fighting regional cage warrior guys. He does have guys with some winning records in there against Borin in there, the 8-2 and two fighter. He... Went to decision, really showed that in the third round, those arms are completely at his hips uh, for Madsen in there. He can't, uh, his head movement is limited. He likes to throw that overhand, right? Very Dan Hender-esque. And Dan Hendo was a Greco specialist as well. So interesting how that turns out. That overhand, right? He goes in super heavy, uh, but it's usually to get around the hips and... Madsen will throw you from any angle. That's where he actually uses his wrestling, where he will get you from an upper chest body lock and throw you as much as from a waist or even a single or a double. So he uses them a lot. And he uh, really likes the guillotine. When he gets up in those positions, he has a tight guillotine. You can really see it. But hey, most wrestlers tend to do that. If we were talking about setup fights, this is as setup as it gets. This guy's coming off of a loss to a barely at level competition and likes to go to the ground. Madsen has better ground and pound as well here, but I think that this is Madsen against better competition, is someone I'm gonna be betting against. Somebody who can keep Easy. it striking. It's someone I can go against.
1: Marco Askren. Uh,
0: <laughs> so I it's as you were saying earlier on in the night, this is all namesake. This is all that metal. Uh he's not fought. They're plus guy, they're guys with winning records, but they're not UFC caliber. Delindo Bernardo is not UFC caliber yet. So until he gets there, you can't trust him that much. But in this bout, you can. There's a reason. He's a big favorite. He's gonna win this one, but soon enough, you're gonna be betting against them. We'll see. I just the competition this is a setup fight. The crowd's gonna go wild, and it's gonna be for this guy. Give me a submission round number. One, I think it's set up by strikes on the ground, and then Bernardo Danilo Dildo in there just turns over and is like, "All right, all right, I'm here for what I was supposed to do." So,
1: ugh, I feel like everybody could be severely disappointed. And he has to—he's going all the way from 170 down to 155. Marco Matson—is he going to lose some of his cardio? This is one of those things—one of those too hyped of a fight for a new guy coming in against somebody that's actually had MMA matches. It, it, Could Marco Matson be the Denmark Khabib? Maybe. But I'm not going heavy in it. I don't know him enough to trust him. And I'm looking, you went against a boxer. You should have submitted him. You're a wrestler. That's exactly what should have happened. Not a surprising fight. Um, You have all wins. Some of them have gone to decisions. The guys haven't been better records than, hey, Bellardo. I think Bellardo could surprise everyone here. I got Mark Matson by decision. I'm not going to go heavy with that. I actually could see myself playing Bellardo because he actually is what I know. And I don't like the hype behind the other guy that happens to be from here. There's something too much about it. It's just, it's um, weird. It's everything set up almost to lose. And then, hey, Bellardo, you come in and make a name for yourself. And then everyone's high on the Bellardo train. And you're <laughs> like, no, the other guy never even fought.
0: Anyway, I have Madsen decision. Be careful of the height job for sure here. Madsen minus 500, 9,500 on draft and teams he's against the underdog. years old. Against the underdog, Berlar- Bernardo Berlardo <laughs> in 6,700. I'm going to have 10% Madsen because you can't trust him, but I'm going to have zero Danilo in there. Absolutely zero. So I'm going to have 10% both. Oh, wow. I- Interesting enough. Then we go to the main event. Everyone's going to be starting to leave out of here. It's going to be a lot like we saw in Florida against Jacare Souza, where if you're listening to Lap B, you're making money because we both told you Souza's going to get smoked in this fight. You guys don't know what you see coming. We told you Hermanson's ground game is on point. His striking's getting on point. He shored up all of those inconsistencies. Got his gas tank under him at 185 pounds. He's made a turnaround. He says it's all... Been different ever since he lost his bout in the UFC. Uh, to who was that? Tiago Santos, TKO, which doesn't look so bad all of a sudden. The 20 and 4 fighter has been fighting for a while. The third, the Joker in there switches stance. Well, we love his ground game. We were talking about it for a long time. Great ground and pound. Really, uh, tricks people with his strength. You can see real people are like, wow. You can see Souza being like, holy shit, this guy's way stronger than I thought, and he's not slowing down. Gas tanks have really been.
1: Would you say the best ground and pound in the UFC?
0: <laughs> he would say that, and I believe you also said that. I'm still not there. I love the confidence. And that's, interestingly enough, he got a, um, after his last loss to Santos, he got a mental coach.
1: And Santos's last fight at 185, I might add. Right.
0: But he got a mental coach in that one, and that's been the game changer, going four in a row, getting his highest win of them all. I'm actually really surprised that Hermanson took this fight against Cannonier because Cannonier seems like a step back from Souza and anyone around Souza, essentially. Cannonier's coming in from heavyweight, going down to 205, then all the way down to 135
1: like an unnecessarily name-value-wise step back, like you're saying, like yep. less than Souza, but actually more dangerous than Souza. Definitely a puncher so, I in
0: Cannoneer. Cannoneer's coming off of two huge wins over David Branch. Then last beating the shell of Anderson Silva, finishing via The leg shell kick. of
1: David Branch. The steroided (laughs) (laughs)
0: shell. (laughs) The held together by steroids, David (laughs) Branch. Very true. Yeah, he's out of here. He's on out of here. He ain't 37 years old, two years.
1: Jared Cannoneer's last two fights that he won are against two dudes that shouldn't be fighting anymore.
0: Great, great point in here. But the boxing for Cannoneer's always got it done. He's shown actually better takedown defense as of late. But it's again, Vince again, two guys with not the best takedowns. Blachowicz got it done in there via decision. Was able to really use that wrestling in there. And so did... uh, Who else got it done in there? Jan. Jan. And who was the other gun? Reyes. Dominic Reyes. Reyes got a TKO in there via punches. Um, But Cannoneer uses wrestling in reverse. He's gotten better. But it's not... It's really just been his weight cut and cardio. He's been over... I thought it was over at... In New Mexico. I could be wrong. It uh, doesn't say so right here specifically, but I know he's bounced around to Cali. I think he even was at elevation for a long time coming out of that Alaska scene. But either way, Kananir has got heavy hands even in the fourth or fifth round. I believe, he, well, he's been scheduled a couple five-rounders, but they haven't gotten there. So we haven't seen it, but we've got seen Kananir go a solid three in here. And he's always he's going to have, he just has that, Straight down the center left punch that you see holds power. He has a good jab as well, but MMA all the way around. Jack Hermanson is better in a lot of those spots. Striking, I'd give the slight power advantage to Kanan here, but not the actual striking. So I think Hermanson does need to be careful. I do think the line's gotten a little too steamed, especially after that Souza. The reason that it was so advantageous for Souza is because Souza... It was a short notice replacement, so susa didn't know what was coming his way. We got and a little. he's 107.
1: Bit, well,
0: also that. But
1: he here. Sousa's got a fight. Who's Sousa fighting? I did just see that. Somebody big. Somebody that I was like, oh, that's a scrap. That's a good fight. I'll look it up what you're.
0: So either way, uh, her man's in here has got most of the check marks, but I do think it's a little too steep. Two to one is a little steep. Almost three to one now. I think that going to keep increasing and Hermanson should get the win Jan in here. Jan
1: Blachowicz.
0: Blachowicz is his next fight. Interesting. Yeah. That's a tough one for him. But here I could see the submission cuz it has happened before. No, it hasn't. He's never been submitted. He's been TKO'd. I could see that from the coming from the ground and pound once the takedowns come in against Cannonier cuz he is still able to get taken down. Um I just don't like the line. I just think that it is a closer fight. A lot of the nights been that way, but I do have Kermanson decision. I could see myself going in that fourth or fifth round, finish, and it would probably be that ground and pound that would do it. Maybe that's submission, but I got to think people are practicing for that reverse triangle, that reverse Danaher triangle thing, right? Arm triangle slippy. I mean, Jacare proved he could at least get out of it, but it's just... If he gets it, I, he could finish freaking Cannoneer in that if Cannoneer is It's not going five rounds. Real, okay. I think decision, I, okay. I just cannot even imagine
1: can. I, is this the first time he's ever been in a five-round fight? No.
0: Technically, the last fight was a five-rounder, but I don't think it went five.
1: The only thing I've cha- seen change about Jared Cannonier's game is his weight. <laughs> <laughs> Her just keeps getting better and better, and frankly, the knockout from Thiago Santos. Yeah, the power might be similar to Jared Cannonier, but the one thing Jared Cannonier isn't that Thiago Santos is is a wild, crazy man, and that's how he caught Jack Hermanson. He just goes in there and throws everything. Like sure. Santos almost doesn't care, with the exception of the last John Jones fight. Before that, we saw Santos play like he was had a two round or a two minute fight. That's how he threw his cardio into the octagon. So, Hermanson's just a very calculated guy, and he's just a little better everywhere. I think he is going to be weary of Jared Cannonier's power, and I think that's slowly going to go away because Hermanson's so much better on the ground. And I actually think he's going to uh, be more technical with the strikes. I do think he has to be weary. This is a dangerous fight for him. This isn't a mirror shard. This is the hardest puncher he's ever gone against, in my opinion. I think so. Um, so, I think he has to respect Jared Cannonier, and this one kind of is for the hardcores, but maybe the whole fight night is. Uh, you have to really respect what both these guys journeys have been and it's surprising in the UFC to me at the same time that I'm very excited about it they're two guys that were almost about to blow up like they've had the right the knockouts and right game plans and right everything their last few fights to be a main event of a fight night so I'm kind of excited for both of them Um, it's not one of those rare things in a main event but I really am a fan of both guys so Even if Jared Cannonier were to win, I wouldn't be sad about this. I think Hermanson is going to give him three rounds of respect and then totally close it out in round four by submission.
0: Jack Hermanson, 9,200 on DraftKings against Cannonier's 7,000 even on DraftKings. I like Hermanson here as well. I could see that fourth or fifth round. Submission is what I'm picking as well. So I'm going to say submission round number five. Give me Hermanson... 9-2, Nine two, I'm gonna need some underdogs throughout the night. Thirty percent. Cannoneer I like ten percent because again, as we're saying, that puncher's chance he has as much as
1: And I don't see him getting walked through it or bullied or knocked out fast. I agree with so that. So I, I actually think for us that kind of cheap, it's not the worst thing in the world to put him on your card. I think you can almost safely say that he might go past the three rounds that another loser would give you. Uh, you know,
0: or like a winner cheap, even cheap. yeah, right, so, right, right, a and winner decision. Jared
1: Cannonier has almost a little more than a puncher's chance like a little more here just you know we have seen Jackerman's intested. tested i love this fight it I is a fun fight it fight. really
0: is such a fun fight i'm excited for this one i'm gonna be watching every single bout i know you're gonna be watching let us know hit us up on twitter instas all that good stuff you know where you can always be finding us trying to make that money we got many more to come another week right a coming up Right on down the line. The
1: pay per view coming up, and from what I gather, is people care more about the morning after if it's after a, a pay per view. Oh, so every, okay. So we might occasionally bring you those back. Like our numbers seem that you guys are almost itching for it. So maybe not all the time, but sometimes. Let
0: sometimes. us know. Let us know how many people want that. We'll see what we can get done Tell in Tell a here.
1: friend. Tell your mama. Tell your aunt. Tell—I don't know why it's all ladies. They don't have to be ladies. We're not sexist here. Tell anyone you want. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Let me.